Thank you all those on the platform, ministry. Uh, Ruth chapter 2, if you have your Bibles, Ruth chapter 2. <clears throat> the sermon has kind of been stirring in me for a little over a week and uh, became evident about a week ago when I was uh, maybe a little over that. became evident this is what God wanted me to preach today in Ruth chapter 2. My wife and I uh, recently purchased a home. And it was something we had been thinking about for quite some time. It seemed like the time was right. Um, there were a number of factors in the decision. And there was nothing special or out of the ordinary about the process uh, as we begin to embark upon this. And uh, little did we know that God would use this as a time to place what I have termed handfuls on purpose into our life. Just a normal event, decision that was made, wasn't anything out of the ordinary. Everything from the house that fell into our hands to very specific blessings, which I have decided not to divulge these specifics. I don't think it's necessary to make the point this morning, but very specific blessings associated that came through a number of different avenues of people even that were just a tremendous blessing to us. Um, I can say this much that we went in thinking that it was going to be such and such amount to secure. Uh, when we were done, if you've ever bought a house, you know the expenses involved, especially to close a home. When we were done, we didn't pay a penny uh, to close on our home, and everything that we had put aside was still in our bank account, plus more from other blessings and sources. I want you to follow me. There were five or six major details associated with this that I have simply labeled handfuls on purpose. And I thought about this because this was not associated or linked to a special offering we gave. This was not something special we did or responded to. It became evident as I pondered this, and, be, and out of this, another big feature was that because of the blessing we received on, on a different, I, I walk home, I'm home, and my wife mentions a couple that was on her heart, and I said, that's funny because a couple of days ago they were on my heart. She says, I feel like God wants us to bless them, and, and at the time we didn't know, we were still closing, we didn't know where it was, and we were able to not only agree by the Spirit of God, but be a, a just a, what we thought was a tremendous blessing for this couple and their need uh, that God used that overflow. And what, what I came to a conclusion, what I want to preach to you and, and, and help you with this morning, is all this was was God seeing a track record of faithfulness and sending handfuls on purpose. That's the only thing I can conclude of, of why all of a sudden the windows of heaven open upon us. Nothing we did special, nothing out of the ordinary. And I want to capture you with this because we believe that we have currency with God due to our faithfulness. The Bible tells us in Matthew 25, 29, to everyone who has more will be given. In other words, what God has placed in your hand, you faithfully work with that. He'll bless you with more. And you'll have abundance. But him that does not have, 
it'll be taken away. Luke 16.10 He who is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. But he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. So here we have an understanding on how God views faithfulness and how God blesses faithfulness. Follow me because this is going to really help some people today. There are time frames. They are chosen by God in which he pours out blessing or gives what I refer to and will call the title of this sermon today, Handfuls on Purpose. Just because. He's God and just because you're faithful. So I want to read out of Ruth. This is where that term comes from, out of the King James. I'm going to read the New King James, Ruth chapter 2, beginning in verse 11. And Boaz answered and said to her, It has been fully reported to me all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you have left your father and mother and the land of your birth and have come to the people whom you did not know before. The Lord repay your work and a full reward be given you by the Lord God of Israel under whose wings you have come for a refuge. Then she said, Let me find favor in your sight, my Lord. For you have comforted me and have spoken kindly to your maidservant, though I am not like one of your maidservants. Now Boaz said to her at mealtime, Come here and eat of the bread. Dip your piece in bread and vinegar. So she sat beside the reapers, and they passed parched grain to her, She ate and was satisfied and kept some back. When she rose up to glean, in other words, she worked the fields. That's what she did. She rose up to glean. Boaz commanded his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves and do not reproach her. Also let grain from the bundles fall purposely. The King James says, Leave handfuls on purpose for her. Leave it. She may glean and do not. Rebuke her. I want to preach on handfuls on purpose. And I want to first talk about God's awareness of faithfulness. Because God is very aware of faithfulness today. Faithfulness is simply being trustworthy, steady, in your place, constant. It is a picture of steadiness in every season, not wavering in your commitment and loyalty to Christ. Or to his purposes. And trust me, faithfulness will be tested. It's not easy. It was to the church of Smyrna, one of the two out of the seven that Jesus actually commended and had no issue with. Listen to to this in Revelations 2.10. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested You will have tribulation ten days, be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. And so to remain faithful is not always easy. Life itself will test your faithfulness. The issues of the kingdom of God, relational problems will test your faithfulness. In our text, it is very clear that Ruth's faithfulness is being recognized. Now, you've got to understand... She has been doing this now for quite some time. But God chose this time. God chose this purpose. And so here it is being recognized. And in verse 11, Boaz answered and said to her, 
It has been fully reported to me all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father, your mother in the land of your birth, and have come to a people who you did not know before. This is not just an acknowledgement from a man, but there is God's emphasis placed on this because in verse 12 it says, And the Lord repay you for your work. A full reward be given you by the Lord God of Israel under whose wings you have found refuge. So Ruth has been faithful over a long period of time. She has sacrificed much to follow the instinct of, that God had put in her heart to, to be a blessing to Naomi, her mother-in-law. And you have to understand that she's a Moabite. And so this is totally foreign to her. For her even to want to follow this and nurture Naomi and associate with the people of God. But here she is and God has been watching this. This has been unfolding now. She's got nothing in her mind as, well, I'm going to do this, but I want this in return. That's not her motive. When she gets there to Naomi's homeland, uh, she's the provider of the home. Uh, She's working the fields. I don't know if you've ever worked fields. I used to work cotton fields. Uh, It's hard work. And God stops everything in a moment of time, recognizes that. She has left all that was familiar to her. She forfeit her land, her people. And God is now verbally recognizing this and something powerful is now being set in motion. I want a lot of you single moms to be really encouraged this morning because I really had a lot of you in mind here this morning. But what is at work here? is God's promise to repay Ruth for her faithfulness. Now, this sometimes does not register right in our mind. This is important because too many view God as a taskmaster that you can never do enough for. That's the way the devil wants you to think of God. You always have to do more. You know, and this is the mistake you make when maybe you get into a rut or you failed and somehow... You've got to do all this to make it up to God. That's not the way God is. All he wants is humility. He's not asking you to jump through hoops and have to do all these things and read the Bible through five times and and come to prayer meeting this long in a row and then God will finally give you some notice. That's not the way God works. What you need to see here is God says, I'm going to repay you for your faithfulness. We owe God everything. He owes us nothing. He says, but I'm going to repay you for being faithful. This would never have come to Ruth if she had at any point decided to discard her faithfulness. And let me say this as a kind of a disclaimer. Doesn't mean if you've had a hiccup along the way or you've made some bad decisions that somehow that disqualifies you. I'm talking about if she would have dislodged uh, like the other woman that married Naomi, the other son, and just left it. She would have never been in this place. You can have some diversions along the way and still be considered faithful. The Bible says in Hebrews 6.10, God is not unjust to forget your work, labor of love, which you have shown towards his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. God says, I don't forget that. I don't overlook that. 
And let me give a word to guys and girls. This is a little bit of a side note. That you're looking for a husband or wife. Don't get desperate and just settle for less. You need to stay faithful and in your place. And in due season, God will supply the right person. Listen, I remember being in your shoes. I was a young man, about 22 years old, and I, my pastor's wife's telling me, when are you going to get married? You're going to rot on the vine. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> and I would have these prayer meetings, just me and God, and the whole prayer meetings, Lord, would you bring me a wife? Freddie Lozano was my connection man. I had connections all over this church, but sorry, none of you worked. Sorry. I had connections all over the fellowship. <laughs> I know you didn't know that. You know it now. Little did I know that she was right before my eyes the whole time. One day I looked up and there she was. And she fell for me. But just when I started feeling desperate, God entered into the equation. That was just a side note. But think about this. God will repay. Doesn't owe us anything, but he says, I'll repay. Because God looks at faithfulness and devises a plan and a time to repay or bring seasons of blessing and favor. This is what happened to a man named Cornelius in Scripture. And you've got to understand a lot of God's timing isn't just for us, but there's a bigger picture involved. That's what you find in Scripture. And in Acts, excuse me, <laughs> Acts chapter 10, verses 2 through 5. Speaking of Cornelius, a devout man, one who feared God with all his household. He gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming and saying to him, Cornelius. And he observed him and was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? He said, your prayers and your alms have come as a memorial before God. God shows that as his time. I recognize I never didn't, but now is the time, Cornelius. And that day, Cornelius' faithfulness produced a time and a season of God's blessing and visitation. Your faithfulness has come as a memorial before God. God remembered, in other words. And the Bible tells us in Genesis 30, 22 and 23, and God remembered Rachel and listened to her and opened her womb and she conceived and bore a son and said, God has now taken away my reproach. And you can find that throughout the word of God. She's in her place. She's maintaining her faithfulness. She's keeping her heart right, even though it was hard. She felt the reproach of being barren. And, and the day came and God says, I've remembered now. See, God does not Overlook faithfulness. I want to secondly talk about God's desire to bless. Because here's an attribute of God that sometimes gets overlooked. There are many that function with a deficient view of God. And here in our text in verse 10, Ruth says, Why have I found favor in your eyes? That you should take notice of me. I'm a foreigner. So she doesn't have a very high thought of herself, huh? You know, and maybe you've had your struggles and, and you've had your issues. And so somehow you think, why would God even think twice about me? 
And I realized that culturally in that day, Moabites were not well received among God's people and they were an enemy of God. But here's a mindset that many have. Why would God even take notice of me? Look at my failures. Look at my struggles. Look at my flaws. But you know what? You're here this morning. What God sees beyond all of this is faithfulness. A woman, though a Moabite, not a partaker of the heritage of God's people. But he saw a woman with a heart for the God of Israel and a heart for God's people and a willingness to maintain commitment and faithfulness, even though it meant initially being at the lower end of society, working in the fields as a hard laborer. But that's what she followed. She followed that, that somehow God was able to put in her heart and she responded, not even fully understanding all that was at work. As I was reading recently in the Old Testament, I ran across this that I want to share with you. Because God placed provision in the Old Testament law that was simply to bless his people. The whole provision was simply to bless his people. And so God's heart is revealed in his law. Think about this because many view God on about God based on the law as this harsh God that's taxing on his people. But what this law shows us, and it's the, the heart of Le, 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 Levitical law, the one we think God was the harshest, but that's not true. It shows his heart to bless. God speaks to them about leaving the land. And every seventh year, you're not to plant or plow, but you leave it. Now, understand, this is their livelihood. This is the way that they gain. This is how they make their money. This is how they feed their homes. But God says every seventh year, I don't want you doing anything with the land. But the thing is that the amount that they would bring in in a harvest in one year was only enough for that year. So what are we going to do? You're telling us, God. Don't mess with the land. So it's easy to disobey that. And the reason that Israel ended up in the 400 plus year Babylonian bondage is because God was judging them for every year. Actually, it wasn't the 400. I'm sorry. It was the, it, that was the, the Egyptian one. But the reason why that he put them in the Babylonian captivity is he judged them for every year they violated this law. He judged them for it. And they violated it for some 400 and something. Every seventh year, you do the math, and it came out to be 70 years. But God says, if you'll do this, think about this. Don't plow the land. Don't plant in the land every seventh year. Listen to what he says, Leviticus 25, 21 through 22. And I will command my blessing on you in the sixth year, and it will bring forth produce enough for three years. You will sow in the eighth year, that's after the seventh that they didn't touch, and eat old produce until the ninth year, until its produce comes in, you shall eat the old harvest. Now, God could have just commanded them to do it. Don't touch the land in the seventh year. And it could have just been you do it because I'm God, but he didn't do that, did he? 
But he left with it this powerful promise. If you will faithfully obey this, uh, I'm going to cause the one year you plant is going to last for three years. Think about that. This is a powerful picture of God wanting to bless and provide and bring provision. God says, you faithfully obey me. I'm causing the blessing to go for three years. We also have the law of release in the year of Jubilee. That is every 50th year. There were laws that were set in motion that if you happen to be uh, bought as a slave, that you would be released with your family. Or if you had uh, land that you had lost, that land has recovered to you. So here's this law of the 50th year. It involved the redemption of property. It speaks of God restoring things that people lost. Now, you have to be encouraged about that because some of you are living in absolute regret because you've perhaps done things or been in situations or maybe made bad decisions uh, and you think somehow it's over, it's done, uh, but God says, I restore this stuff. Because that's the heart of God. So he places this law, the 50th year, One particular thing that God mentioned was people that had to sell land or even they were in such hard times, they had to sell themselves into slavery to someone. In the year of Jubilee, it was all about restoring the lost land and restoring their freedom. Let's read it. Leviticus 25, 35 through 41. If one of your brethren becomes poor, And falls into poverty among you, you shall help him like a stranger or a sojourner, that he may live with you. Take no usury or interest from him. So don't charge him any interest, but fear your God that your brother may live with you. You shall not lend him your money for usury, in other words, to get in return, nor lend him food for profit. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. To give to the land of Canaan to be your God. If one of your brethren who dwells with you becomes poor and sells himself to you, you shall not compel him to serve as a slave. But as a hired servant and a sojourner, he will be with you, shall serve you until the year of Jubilee, and then he shall depart from you, he and his children with him, and shall return to his own family and shall return to the possession of his father. So here's this powerful provision from God in his law that presents to us a God who desires to bless his people. And even telling us, look, people fall in hard times. Don't take advantage of them. Use your position of blessing to be a blessing. And so he, he not only says, look, here's this provision I've made among the people to be a blessing to them, but in the 50th year... You're going to be free. And what I want you to see in this is here's God's desire to bless. Now, while God is not the sugar daddy in the sky, he is a blesser of the faithful. Psalms 34, 15, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. Proverbs 5.21, the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord and he ponders all those paths. So what this means is God knows and sees all things. He knows and remembers every prayer you've ever prayed. He knows and sees all that you've ever done in his name. He certainly knows your sacrifice 
and surrender before him and your faithfulness before him. God knows he sees it. He's aware of it. And his desire is to bless it. And God looks upon his church and he looks upon the earth. And one of the things he looks for is those he can bless. Who can I bless? He has a timing. He has a season. And ultimately, he has a greater purpose. The real crux of the story of Ruth is that God blesses Ruth. But ultimately, he uses her to usher his redemptive purposes by eventually producing the savior of the world. So you have to always stop when you're in a season. Okay, God, I know this is not just about me. So what else? And God will speak to you and guide you. And sometimes it may be some grand purpose of God that is unfolding that is going to use your life. But he'll put people in your heart, people in your path. He'll, he'll inspire you. He'll stir you. He'll, he'll unfold a plan and a purpose along with this that God is doing for you because you've been faithful. So let me talk then about asking God for handfuls on purpose. You know that God loves to be asked? He does. His word promotes this idea. In James 4, 2, you do not have because you ask not. In Matthew 7, 7 through 12, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it will be opened. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. To him who knocks, it will be opened. Well, what man among you, if his son asks for bread, is you going to give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he's going to give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those that ask? Some of you stopped asking. You stopped asking. And while God determines the when and the how, he wants to hear from us our request. God wants to hear your request. Before you go off and make all these plans in life and get discouraged because it stopped, are you still asking? Because God wants to be asked. He loves to be asked. He wants to hear you voice your need before him. And the whole idea when you study that text in Matthew 7 about asking, seeking, and knocking, it's a repetitive sense of the word. And so it means continually asking Placing your needs and requests before God uh, that you never tire of placing it before God and asking and petitioning the throne. Never. Here's Hannah. She's filled with anguish. She, she too is barren. She comes before God and pleads her case. She reveals her heart. Now, you don't think that God already knew this? Of course he did. But here's a woman that she even goes the extra mile in her prayer and she's fasting before God and and she's petitioning the throne about a child and listen to what happens in 1 Samuel 1.17. Eli answered and said, Go in peace and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. 
I declare to you this morning by virtue of this sermon that's going to release some things among you. Some of you, I can say to you, go your way. Your Lord has heard your petition. You're going to see some answers in the very near future. In our text in verse 13, Ruth then said, let me find favor in your sight, my Lord. So here's this woman. She's not of that culture. She's got the stigma of being a Moabite. She's working the field. She's of the lower social end of things. And she's talking to this man that is rich and well-to-do. And she says, let me find favor in your sight. She's asking. Ruth in boldness sees an opportunity and speaks her request. And the Bible says in verses 15 and 16, when she rose up to glean, Boaz commanded the young men. She didn't know this was happening. Let her glean even among the sheaves. Do not reproach her. In other words, she had limitations. that He said, take all the limitations off. It's all hers if she wants it. Also let grain from the bundles fall purposely in the King James or leave for her handfuls on purpose. Why? Because she asked. Because she asked. Purposely bless her. That's what God wants to do. God has a timing. And he has a purpose for his timing. God wants to give handfuls on purpose. I'm just going to say this. I'm going to launch in it because when, when you put together sermons, you get a sense of what God is trying to say. And as I've been pondering this for a little over a week, and as I sat down to put this together, there's a sense that I had sitting on me. And I really do believe that this is a season that will be initiated from this morning. For handfuls on purpose. God highlighting and blessing your faithfulness. Hebrews eleven six without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. My question is, do you believe this today? Do you believe this? This is what God wants to do. Since that I had in preparing and pondering this sermon is a season of handfuls on purpose. Powerful blessing and favor from God. And furthermore, specifically, long-standing circumstances that God is going to change. Victory where there has been defeat. Blessing where there has been just enough or not enough. And doors, supernatural doors that are going to open. Because God says, I the Lord will repay your faithfulness. The question is, do you believe that? Because if you do, you're a candidate. By virtue of you being here this morning, you may have had all sorts of things happen to you. You may have been through all sorts of trials. You may have made some dumb decisions and whatever. But you're here. You're here. God sees things different than we do. (laughs) You know, the devil wants you to believe that God holds all these things against you all the time. It's a lie. 
When I read my word, I don't see that part of God. I don't see it. I see that when he sees a genuine heart that is reconnected, he, God loves that. God's into it. And I'm declaring handfuls on purpose this morning. I'm declaring circumstances that are going to change. But do not stop asking God. God wants to be asked and he wants to bless you. Because God sees faithfulness. Can you say amen? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Very important altar call, so do your best to stay in your place because God really wants to help us this morning. I feel a transitioning spiritually here this morning. And don't think that you're going to know what God's going to do. Because you're not. God is so amazing. My wife and I are sitting there and we're just dumbfounded. What just happened to us in the last week? Why? It just dawned on me. It was just God saying, here. Here's some handfuls on purpose. Just because. But what I'm declaring and feeling in my spirit is not just a one-time moment. I'm talking about something as it was in the book of Ruth. That what happened here was not just she got some handfuls on purpose and it provided for that day. I'm talking about something that opened an entire door into the plan and the purpose of God. That was so magnificent, so amazing. We, we are small-minded by nature because we are not God. And I want to stir your faith this morning. Can you and will you believe what I'm saying? Because the Bible says if you believe that God will reward you richly. Stop limiting yourself. Stop putting yourself down. Stop looking at your past failures. You're here this morning. You're not right with God. You're missing out on the most magnificent life ever. You don't even realize what you're missing out on when you serve Jesus Christ, when you surrender your life to Christ on His terms. What an opportunity you have today to get right with the living God, to be forgiven of all your sins and to actually have a hope and actually have a sense of what God wants to do in your life versus this random life that's just shot all over the place. Maybe you're here and you're not right with God. Today is your day. If you'll respond to Jesus Christ, if you'll simply acknowledge, yes, I'm a sinner. I'm not right with God, but you know what? I want to get right today. I want Jesus in my life. I need the change that you're telling me He can bring me. That's you and God is speaking to you right now. I want to ask you to do something for me. Just as a sign of honesty. And so that we can pray with you. And that is you lift your hand. Say, you know what? That's me. I'm going on record today. I'm not right with God, but I want to be right. I want my life to count for Jesus. I'm so tired of just like a pinball machine being knocked all over in life. 
randomly, not knowing what one day the next. Sin has overcome me. Decisions have overcome me. You know what? God will restore. That is what Jesus does. And you're ready to be forgiven and be changed. I want you to simply lift your hand up so I can see it. I can acknowledge that hand. Anybody here this morning, you put it up. Put it up high. Thank you so much. You can put that down. Who else? With this honest heart, you know what? I need to get right with God today. I so need to get right with God. I'm ready. I want what you're talking about. I need this blessing. I need this favor from God. I need this change from God. Look, if you found out or you realize you can't do it on your own, keep making more and more of a mess. But why don't you surrender to Christ? If you're ready to do that, I want you to slip your hand up. Just acknowledge it. I'll acknowledge your hand. You put it right back down. I just want to pray with you. Lead you to Jesus. Others, along with this honest heart, I'm not right. I'm ready to get right. Lift your hand up. God's dealing with you right now. Thank you so much. Thank you. God's going to help you. Who else? I'm ready to get right today. You're backslidden. Thank you so much. Thank you. You know what? The devil will pile on you as a backslider. He'll pile on you. You blew it too bad. You went too far. Look at everything you forfeited. You know what? I rebuke that voice. Come to Jesus. You'll be surprised. If you'll wholeheartedly surrender your life, you'll be surprised how quickly God will restore your life. But you got to come on His terms. You're ready for that. Others, lift your hand. God's dealing with you right now. You're ready to surrender to Christ. God is, thank you so much. Who else? I'm ready. Today is your day. God is waiting on you. You'd acknowledge by simply lifting your hand. And as I see that, acknowledge and we can pray with you. God is here to help you. Who is that? Anybody else? God's dealing with you. You're ready to get right with God. You're backslidden. It's your day to come back. Let's come back. Let's start fresh. Who would that be? Anybody else? Very quickly before we change the order of the service. Okay, of all those that raised their hand, I need you to look at me. Right here, you meant that. I do believe. I think there was somebody else in that section, somebody over here. I need all of you that raised your hand just to step out and come meet me at this altar. Somebody's going to walk with you. God is going to help you. Come very quickly. You ushers or somebody help help us make them feel comfortable coming down. Somebody else lifted their hand. Wasn't sure who it was. Every other head is bowed. Every other eye is closed. Handfuls on purpose. God is very aware of faithfulness. But he has a timing. He determines the where and the when and the how. And He desires to bless beyond what you can understand. If you would put provisions in His law of all things, that is the God we serve. But it comes down to you asking. Asking. There are needs you have. They're legitimate. Some of you, you're just because you're faithful, you're going to see handfuls on purpose. It's just going to appear out of nowhere. It's like from one day to the next. Where'd that come from? God's just honoring. He's just repaying you for your faithfulness. That captured me when I read it. God, God of heaven, doesn't owe us a thing. He's going to repay us for faithfulness. Let's stand and come to the altar.
Just ask him. Just ask him. His eyes go to and fro upon the earth, seeking, watching, seeing. Some of you, you feel on your last leg, as they would say, you're weary, you're tired. I'm going to be preaching a sermon on Wednesday. It's a follow-up to this called, How Long, Lord? Some of you have been asking that. How long, Lord? Well, it begins here this morning in embracing this identity of God. That not only does He very aware of faithfulness, but He wants to bless. He wants you to ask. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, I'll tell you, God is on this altar today. Touch heaven, just ask. I don't know what's going to transpire. But I do know in my spirit that there's a shifting. There's going to be windows of heaven that are going to open. There's going to be shifting of circumstances. Long-standing circumstances. But God is going to remove the reproach that you felt. Handfuls on purpose. Blessing. But always remember, there's a bigger picture than just you. There's a bigger purpose. Somehow God is shifting something. In our case, it was this precious couple they laid in our heart. In some cases, it could be more magnificent as it was with Ruth and unfolding this plan of God. We don't know. We don't know. Just sit in God's presence for a moment. God is breaking through right now. There's fresh faith being stirred. There's hope that's coming back to life. There's condemnation that's being cast off right now. Just let God have right of way. Just give Him, just open your heart. Open your heart. Thank you, Lord. It's good just to sit in the presence of God. Just sit there. Soak it in. Be encouraged. Be stirred. Be helped of God. Touch heaven. God's ears are wide open right now. Ask him. Ask him. What is it? Stop reminding yourself of your past. The devil's good enough at it. You don't need to help him. You have a destiny. 
You have a purpose in God. God is committed to that. I was thinking a lot about single moms this week. God is thinking a lot about single moms. Your situation, things you face, needs you have, ask. God has special favor for single moms because of your situation. You need to ask. Don't become discouraged. Don't give give in. Don't lose heart. Just ask him. Oh God, we thank you and worship God opened your windows of heaven upon us today. Lord, confirm your word in this assembly today. Let there be a shifting in lives, God, shifting of circumstance. Shifting of economy, oh God, in your people and in your church. God, let a new season come upon us. Even as the winter turns to spring, God, you cause it to be so here today. Let there be a flourishing. Thank you, Lord. Would you stand to your feet right where you're at at the altar, your heads bowed? Oh, thank you, Jesus. You know, we don't really always know all that God has in mind. We just have little glimpses that he gives us. Eye is not seen. Ear is not heard. Things that God has in store for us. I realize that that has an eternal context to it, but there's a context that applies in this life. You know, when the disciples came to Jesus and he kind of flipped them out when he turned away that young rich ruler... And then he says, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to make it into heaven. They're dumbfounded. And who can be saved? And the Lord, what about us? We've given up houses and this and that for you. And Jesus made a profound statement that was temporal and eternal. He gave them a promise of a hundredfold. And, and I still don't fully grasp all of it, but it wasn't all eternal. You read that scripture portion of that is for this life here now and i want us to contend for that i want you to think big stop limiting yourself stop limiting god stop accepting your circumstance and begin to ask like you've never asked before and i'm not just talking about money here i'm talking about there's people you need healing in your body there are people that you're associated with that need healing there's circumstances you face scenarios that have been a reproach and an oppression to your life There are others that it is financial. But whatever it is, I want you to begin to boldly ask God from this day forward. But the whole key is you need to maintain your faithfulness. Maintain it. Look, just because you go through trials doesn't mean you're not faithful. Just because you have some issues sometimes does not mean you're not faithful. But if you ever dislodge yourself and make decisions independent of the kingdom, you begin to lose the promise. 
So I want you to just lift your hands with me right now. Let's seal this by worshiping and thanking God. Lift your voices with me. Father, we thank you. Lord, we bring worship before your throne. We thank you for the faithful word of God declared today. Oh, just worship him today. Thank you, Lord. Redeemer, we love you and praise you, my God. We honor you, Lord. Thank you, Lord and Savior, Redeemer of all. There is none like you, O God. Hallelujah, Redeemer, worthy to be praised, God exalted and magnified, King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah, wonderful God, there is none like you. Your name is great, hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory to you, my God. Hallelujah. Worthy and precious. Thank you, Lord. interpret that. Amen. Handfuls on purpose. Let's contend for it. Let's be in our places tonight. Let's just come gear ourselves Love God, amen. Love one another. Let's be back in the house of God tonight, amen. We're going to bow our heads and dismiss, rejoicing in all that God has done this morning, looking forward to tonight. George Marino, we lift his voice and dismiss us. Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, attention please. Today is a very special day. Uh, it's our Pastor Glenn's birthday, so we're going to sing happy birthday. Happy birthday.